Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. But uh, I'm going to be tying in the Wednesday night with the Sunday morning as well. So still praying on that. And um, uh, this year, if you don't uh, remember the focus the emphasis, and uh, but this year is about uh, increasing in faith, hope, and love through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, I, I pray this year that there has been an increase in your faith, that your faith, you've become stronger in the Lord, and uh, as, as a result, uh, within your heart, there's a, a hope that's welling up, and a love for the Lord, and also a love that's reaching out uh, to others. Um, so one of the, the, uh, the books of the Bible, and we're, uh, we're not going to go through the entire book, but we're, I'm going to be pulling on different, uh, chapters in this book, uh, for an increase of our faith is the, uh, gospel according to John, the gospel according to John, and, uh, it's different, uh, than the other f three gospels. Um, as John really looks at who Jesus is and, and portrays Jesus, he, he shares different things about Jesus and what he did and the things that he said. And uh, with that, in John 20, as he ends off the, the book, I... He says in verse 30, John 20, verse 30, it says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. So I, he says, I, I want you to know, I, I have just scratched the surface. But the things that I've written, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name, in Jesus' name, to have life. So he says, I've written these things that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. He's not just a man, but he is the son of God. And that in the, the believing and the faith that you have, that you would have life in his name. And I, I want to say this, and a lot of times we, uh, we, we, we think of Jesus and who he is to us and the life that we have in his name as being limited to the beginning of our, our faith in Jesus Christ and the beginning of our walk with him and the beginning of life with him. And so we, we bring it back to, well, that is just, Jesus is just life to me and for me to have forgiveness of sins and to come to life in Jesus Christ. And we, we think, well, okay, so as we, get old, as we go on in our life uh, as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, we, we say, well, yeah, I got saved on such and such a date or so many years ago. I've been serving the Lord for this time. But I truly believe that our faith and who Jesus is to us is not limited to the beginning, but it is for every single day of our lives. It's not just for when we first get saved, but it is for today. 
It is for tomorrow and the next day and the next until, until the day of the Lord and when we, we see him face to face. So the Lord desires that we would have life today. Some say, oh, Lord, man, I need to have of you. I need more of you. I need, I need you at this time in my life, whatever you might be going through. Or uh, maybe there are exciting things happening, and uh, you may, may be acknowledging God in it, or maybe not. But um, there are points in our life where we, we say, I need you right now. And the Lord is saying, I want you to know that I'm with you, and I, 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 you have life in my name, through my name. My name is above all names. Praise God. Um, C.S. Lewis was uh, a writer from, uh, from a number of years ago, 70 years ago, if not longer. And uh, he wrote a book called Mere Christianity. Mere Christianity, M-E-R-E. -E. And... Uh, in this, pa in this book, uh, he talks about Jesus and is Jesus really God? Is Jesus really God? If I said, hey, I am God, I am the Son of God, I had somebody say that once, I'm God. My name is God, or I am God. And it was like, um, there's one, only one of three possible solutions, and this is what C.S. Lewis um, concluded regarding Jesus saying who he said he was. He says, either Jesus is a liar, and man, he, has he deceived a lot of people. Jesus is not the Son of God. And so he, if he's not who he says he is, he's a liar. And he's been lying. So, yeah, I'm the Son of God. And he, so even as Jesus lied, we have millions upon millions that, that have, been, have lived a life according to a liar. I'm not sure if a liar would go as far as Jesus went. If you know that you're lying about something, would you follow through on that lie with your, with your, uh, the, your life dying on a cross? At one point, wouldn't you say, well, no, 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 just, just want you to know I've been lying all along. I'm not... God. I don't think he would have gone to the cross if he was a liar. And I don't think that we would be following him if he was a liar. That now I I don't think so. In fact, you don't really hear too many people say that Jesus was a liar. You might say they might say, well, no, Jesus was, he was a really great teacher. He was a good moral teacher. 
But we're going to look at things tonight. The things that John wrote about Jesus, the things that he saw himself, he heard himself. This was not secondhand information. He was there. And he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things that we might believe. I'm not sure, but I think hist historians say that, that John, they tried to kill John by boiling him to death in oil. I'm not sure if that's true or not. John had a pretty a long life. Um, but to, to write down these things, the things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus did, so that we might believe and have life in his name. The Lord wants us to have full life. Zoe is a Greek word. To, to be full of life, abundant life, an overflowing life. That's why John is writing, not just for the unbeliever to believe, but for the believer's faith to grow that we could have fullness of life. If Jesus, as C.S. Lewis continues on, if Jesus uh, wasn't a liar, then if I said that I was God, you'd say, oh, poor Dave, there's something he snapped. The guy is, is crazy. He's a lunatic. And the same thing could be said of Jesus. He's either a liar or he's a lunatic. Like the guy, he was crazy. You don't normally, usually within a short period of time, someone that's crazy, you, you start to, oh, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, they're just, they're not quite all there. And you, you so, so you don't, you take everything with a grain of salt or it's like you dismiss. Jesus to have the followers that he had, and sometimes we, we think, well, you know, people from 2,000 years ago, they really don't have the, the wisdom that we have today. I'm telling you, when you look around to what is supposedly wisdom today, it's like, are you serious? Are you serious? And this is, we're supposed to be going along with this? This is insanity. It's supposed to be wisdom, enlightenment. They were with Jesus, not just the 12, but there were others that f began to follow Jesus and were with him almost 24-7. His disciples were pretty well with him 24-7 for three and a half years. Like, why would you be following a crazy man? Be like, within three and a half years, you would have figured out if he was a liar or if he was a, a crazy man. You would have figured it out. It doesn't take us long to figure out if somebody's not quite all there in their mind and in their thinking. It's like, hmm, okay. So if he's not a, a liar or a lunatic, then he is who he says he is. Because Jesus made some pretty big claims that... We need to recognize, and if we grab a hold of it by faith, 
we can have life, abundant life. So of the, the four Gospels, the Gospel of John presents the most powerful case in all the Bible for the deity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus coming in the flesh. Today, uh, in this series, Life in Jesus' Name. Life in Jesus, in His name. And today, just uh, part one. Liar, lunatic, or Lord? Question. What is He? What is He to you? As He is Lord in your life, you can have fullness of life, abundant life. In John chapter 9, verse 11, the man who could not see, he was born blind. And at the beginning of chapter 9, the disciples are asking, is it, is it because of the sins of his parents that he's blind? Is it something that he did, that, he, that this man is blind? Jesus said that God would be glorified. And in verse 11, John 9, verse 11, as they ask, how, how did you get your sight? And he answered and said, there's a man, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Can you imagine? Jesus taking some clay. I've heard someone say, I believe that Jesus basically took and he fashioned eyes out of clay and he stuck it in his, in his head and he said, go wash. He made brand new eyes. Or could be that there was uh, an anointing. Maybe there was a smearing of that clay. It doesn't matter. The man was blind. He says, so I went and washed and I, I received my sight. This is one of the accounts, one of the things that John writes about. And it, the whole chapter is, is basically given over to this, this account, this this reality of a blind man receiving sight and having life in and through Jesus. A man called Jesus is also Christ, the Son of the living God. In chapter 6, there were a lot of people that, that Jesus was drawing them to him just because of who he was. And in chapter 6, he begins to speak, and as he continues to speak, we get to this verse 66, John 6, 66. Kind of ironic as to what this passage says, but it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Stopped following him things that he was saying 
things that he was saying specifically in this chapter, just saying, there's, sorry, we, we're not taking this, we're not accepting this. He's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. We're not, this is, we're not taking, we're not accepting this. And it says, they walk with him no, no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, it says, and he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? And it was like Peter was speaking for the whole group. It says, to whom shall we go? Not just, to whom shall I go? He's saying, I'm, I'm speaking for the group here. Who would we go to? Lord, who would we go to? And he continues on. He says, you have the words of eternal life. To have life. You are the ones, you are the one that, that, that has words that bring life. We have life in you. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the anointed one. Christ means anointed one. The, the Messiah, the one that would be the Messiah, the this anointed one. The son of the living God. You are not mere man, but you are the son of the living God. We are, we're not going to leave you, Lord, because you will have the words of life. We know, we believe, and we know that you are the Christ. Now, once again, these guys, Jesus is talking some pretty extreme things. And he's talking, he's basically speaking of, really, we need Jesus. And he's symbolically, he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. He's talking about what was still to come and the fact that his body would be broken, his blood would be shed. And we need to take him into our existence. We need to believe on him. These guys, this was probably John 6, is probably around two years into Jesus' ministry. So about two years from the time that the disciples were called. Two years in, these guys had been with him pretty well continually. So they left their, their employment, their source of living. I, I don't know exactly how they were able to continue on. And they followed Jesus for three and a half years. This is about two years in. And they know. These guys, after two years, Peter is speaking for the group and saying, Lord, Master, where would we go? To whom? To whom would we go? We've been with you for two years. And we know that the things that you say are eternal life to us. We have life in what you say. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ. The one that was foretold, the Messiah, the one that would come. 
You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can you imagine the revelation of this is God incarnate? This is God in the flesh. This is what was prophesied, and God is with us. And we have life. We have life in him. John is writing these things down. The words, the deeds, the things that he did. The things that said of Jesus and spoken by Jesus uh, that are mentioned in, in John. Really, when you think about the very first verse, that John writes, in the beginning was the word, the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. This is what John writes. We know that in verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We saw Jesus. We heard Jesus. And the word that existed from before all time began and has always existed, the word became flesh. The Son of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The only begotten of the Father, the Son of God, full of grace and truth. So some of the things that are mentioned of Jesus and some of the things that Jesus said, listen, he, he says in John 8, 58, and he said to them, as he's speaking to the disciples and the crowds, most, most assuredly I say to you, listen, before Abraham was, I am. So, here he's saying, I existed before Abraham existed. Like Abraham came more than 2,000 years before. And here he's saying, Jesus is saying, I existed before Abraham. Once again, either he's a liar. At this point, it might be, you're a crazy man. You existed before. You'd think that at that point, some people would just walk away. Who knows? Maybe they did. Jesus is not making statements of, hey, I'm a great moral teacher. I'm a really good rabbi. I'm a great rabbi. I'm just a man. No, he's saying, and they knew the statement, I am. Jehovah, Yahweh, I am. In the Old Testament, there's different Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Rapha, all these Jehovah Jireh. These are all, I am your provider. I am your healer. I am your banner. I am your righteousness. These are all the different names. They understood this thing of I am. And Yahweh, they wouldn't even say his name. It was so precious. 
to say, not even to say Yahweh. Before Abraham was, I am. I always existed. This is what Jesus said. In John 10, 30, he says, I and my father are one. Do you know who Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you tonight? Listen, one of the things that we want to do, it is is to proclaim Jesus to others. It is hard to proclaim Jesus to others if you don't believe yourself. And these things are written that you might believe. And so we're going to be going over, I don't know how long it's going to take, we're going to be going over some of these statements that Jesus made, those I am statements, seven I am statements. And seven signs that we might believe that, that are written. We're going to go over them. In John 14, from verse 7, it says, If you had known me, and he's talking to his disciples, so the 12, that point, um, the 11. If you had known me, you would have known my father also, and from now on you know, you know him and have seen him. Because if you've known me, you have known my father also. Philip said to him, Lord, show us a father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? We've been together for three and a half years. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. You see me, you see the Father. Or else, believe me for the sake of the works themselves. The things that I have done, how could I do what I did if I was not the Son of God? How could I do this if the Father was not with me? The Father in me and I in the Father. If you don't believe what I'm saying, Thomas or Philip, if you don't believe what I'm saying, at least believe me because of the things that I've done in the last three and a half years. In John 20, verse 24, it says, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. John is writing these things that we might believe and have life in Jesus' name, in his name. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. So here he is making a profession with what he did not believe. He said, I need to see Jesus alive. 
And so here, as Jesus is standing before him, he says, my Lord and my God. There is a confession of who Jesus is, making him his Lord and his God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Because you see me, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. At this time, and even as we would go through this, my prayer is that you would have life in Jesus' name as you believe. And I'm talking to you as believers. That the fullness of life that Jesus has for us would be realized as, we, as our faith is increased in who Jesus is. Even if we have not seen him, we are blessed. Blessed are those who have not seen him and yet have believed. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John is saying, we were there. I was there. I saw Jesus full of grace and truth. Praise God. On a, a number of occasions, and we already alluded to this, Jesus equates himself with the Old Testament, the I am or Yahweh. In John 4, verse 25, the woman at the well says to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Listen, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You are waiting for the Messiah, the Christ. The one that you're speaking to is the Christ, is the Messiah. I am he. Amazing. This is what Jesus is saying. In John 8, 24, it says, Therefore I, sa I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. That I am he. In verse 28 says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. I am he. I am the Christ. Jesus said to them, Verse 58, John 8, 58. Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Already mentioned that one. Before Abraham was, I am. Powerful. In John 13, verse 18, he says, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He, he who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes, I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you this before it happens, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. I am the Christ. And so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens so that you know when it comes to pass. Another thing that would say that I am he. I am the Christ. I am the anointed one. 
John 18, verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? This is in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. I want you to know today, the one that you would believe in, the power of Jesus' name, the power of Jesus' name, that we would come to realize this today. And you would recognize that in his name, even as he just said, I am, I am he, the Jesus of Nazareth, they fell back. They drew back and fell to the ground. The, the contingent that was there to, to pull Jesus and take Jesus into custody. Then he asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. This was prophesied hundreds of years before, the ones that Jesus would have, that not one of them would be lost except for Judas. Jesus was fully God. He was also fully man. You say, how is that possible? How could be he be fully God and fully man? He was. When he was on, Luke focuses in on Jesus as the son of man. That's why we have in Luke, we have the, the Christmas story and we have the, the lineage of, of Mary going back right to Adam, 73 generations. 73 generations are mentioned from Jesus going right back to Adam. So Luke speaks of the humanity. He was man, fully man, God God in the flesh, but he was also fully God, the Son of God. We see his humanity in the fact that he got tired and he got thirsty, so he needed something to drink. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he got tired. He was tired, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. I'm thirsty. I, I'm thirsty. Can I have something to drink? And so she gave him something to drink because he was thirsty, a sign of his humanity. In John 5, verse 19, we recognize the dependence, the fact that he was dependent on his father. It says, then Jesus answered and said to them, that's verse 19, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. I'm dependent on the father. Showed his humanity. In John 11, as we read the, the story of Lazarus and the fact that he died, 
good friend, we see him grieving. Therefore, when Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. It says, Jesus wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And so we see the, the grief and the sorrow of Jesus Christ and the loss of his friend Lazarus. He loved him. And he wept. He wept even as others were grieving. And he grieved himself. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. In John 12, 27, it says as well regarding his soul. He says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Even as he recognized the fact that he would go to the cross. And he was, his soul was troubled. And we see the humanity of Jesus. And I, I share this because sometimes we say, well, God, you're so far beyond us. Lord, you really don't know what we're going through. And I want you to know tonight that Jesus knows what it is to be human because he was fully human. And so when you're going through situations, when you're going through troubles, and you wonder, well, does God really know how I'm feeling? God knows exactly how you're feeling. Jesus knows exactly how you're feeling because he felt the different things in his short life here on this planet and he experienced them. And he felt them as a human being. As we read through John chapter 19, we recognize his anguish and his death. The suffering that he went through on our behalf and the, the extreme nature of the crucifixion and the, even the, the, the weight of sin that is of all mankind placed on him, we see his anguish even to the point where he says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And he says, but not my will, your will be done. Your will be done, Father. I'm going to the cross. I'm in agreement with this. And we see his anguish, his suffering, his sacrifice, and we see his death. The deity, the fact that Jesus is God, is seen in the things that he said. We read some of them already. But there are seven statements that he says, I am, that are significant. I am the bread of life, in John 6. I am the light of the world, in John 8. I am the door, in John 10, verse 7 through 9. I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11 through 14. I am the resurrection and the life, as he spoke to Mary John eleven twenty five. I am the way, the truth, and the life, as he spoke to his disciples. 
before he went to the cross. I am the true vine, John 15, 1 to 6. So these seven statements are recorded by John. And he says, I want you to know who Jesus is. And these statements here, we're, we're going to get into them a little bit more as, as in the next few uh, times we gather on Sunday and Wednesday. We're going to get into the depth, the depth of these things. Because John wants for us to have life in who Jesus is. Things that he said, the things that he did. And as he said, truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. Fullness of life. God wants you to have life whatever situation you are in. Because he knows what you're going through. Because he went through times of, of suffering and grieving and sorrow and so he knows but there are things signs written seven signs mentioned I just I alluded to a few of them already but in John 2 we we see Jesus changing water into wine there was a changing of the water from from being water into something different and it says this beginning of signs in chapter 2, John 2, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So these different signs, and we'll get into more depth uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll get a little bit more depth into this so that we can believe, that we can believe in him. Uh, in John 4, Jesus heals the nobleman's son. It says at the end, in verse 53, it says, So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. Even as the man came, hey, my son is dying. And it says, And he himself believed, and his whole household that's why John is saying, I've written these things that you might believe. I was there. These things are written. I saw it, that you might have faith, that your faith would increase. In John 5, it speaks of the man with the infirmity for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. And this man couldn't get into the pool because he wasn't fast enough to get in. Jesus just healed him on the spot. In John chapter 6, there is the, this miracle of and sign of Jesus feeding 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Now there's a miracle. To feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. There was an increase that came. Once again, these signs mention that you would believe. And by believing, you would have life in his name. In John chapter 6, as well, Jesus walks on the water. 
In John 9, Jesus heals the blind man that was blind from birth. This man could see. Beautiful chapter, chapter 9. That pretty well the whole chapter is just this one miracle, this one sign. It says uh, in that chapter, it says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Thank you, Lord. In John 11, we have the uh, story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. So can we stand together? I just want to pray that your faith in Jesus Christ would increase so you can have life in his name. And not just you. As, as your faith increases, as you begin to see and recognize, I have life in Jesus' name. I have life in who he is and what he did. And my faith is increasing. And the fullness of life is welling up in me and it's overflowing to others. Rivers of living water flowing to others as well. Lord, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for your presence here. Lord, we thank you for who you are, the things you said, and the things that you did that are marked in this amazing gospel. And Lord, I pray that there would be an increase in faith. There would be an increase, a, a, a building up of our faith in you. And Lord, even as we would believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we might have life in your name, I pray that this would take place. Lord, I pray a fullness of life an overflow of life, an overwhelming and abundance of life, a flourishing of life of each and every one here. Lord, it would just bubble over. Lord, and Lord, those that are watching online, I just pray let there be life. And Lord, even today as we sort of got started on this, Lord, we can either believe that you are a liar, we can believe that you were crazy, but Lord, when we believe that you are the Christ, you are Lord, and we make you Lord in our lives, Lord, it is then that we can begin to have life and fullness of life and overflow of life. So Lord, I just pray that many would come to have life in your name. In Jesus' name. And Lord, if there's anybody here tonight that their faith is faltering and it's maybe on something else. Lord, it's looking maybe at a way out that is not of you. Or Lord, maybe it's a looking to other solutions to bring life, to bring some 
rest, some peace, some relief of life. Lord, I just pray that we can only have life in you. There is no other way. Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. There is life in no one else. And Lord, I just pray as that your, our faith increases in you, that there would be this overflow of life, an overflow of life in us and through us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I just thank you and I praise you for the opportunity to gather together to know who you are, what you did for us, what you said to us. Lord, I just thank you for that. I pray blessing on each and every one. I pray a covering. I pray an increase in faith, in life. Lord, I pray that there would be a drawing of many to you as we begin to lift you up, as we begin to exalt you. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, let it be. And everyone says, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.